Grace to you and peace from God our Father and from our risen and living Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. The word of God that we meditate upon this morning is from the Gospel of John, chapter 18, verses 28 to 38. Then they led Jesus from Caiaphas to the Praetorium, and it was early morning. But they themselves did not go into the Praetorium, lest they should be defiled, but that they might eat the Passover. Pilate then went out to them and said, What accusation do you bring against this man? They answered and said to him, If he were not an evildoer, we would not have delivered him up to you. Then Pilate said to them, You take him and judge him according to your law. Therefore the Jews said to him, It is not lawful for us to put anyone to death. But the saying of Jesus might be fulfilled which he spoke, signifying by what death he would die. Then Pilate entered the praetorium again, called Jesus, and said to him, Are you the king of the Jews? Jesus answered him, Are you speaking for yourself about this, or did others tell you this concerning me? Pilate answered, Am I a Jew? Your own nation and the chief priests have delivered you to me. What have you done? Jesus answered, My kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, my servants would fight so that I should not be delivered to the Jews. But now my kingdom is not from here. Pilate therefore said to him, Are you a king then? Jesus answered, You say rightly that I am a king. For this cause I was born, and for this cause I have come into the world, that I should bear witness to the truth. Everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. Pilate said to him, What is truth? And when he had said this, he went out again to the Jews and said to them, I find no fault in him at all. So far the word of the Lord. Sanctify us by your truth, O Lord. Your word is truth. Amen. Missed it by that much. That's what Don Adams always used to say when he has Maxwell Smart on the Get Smart TV show. I don't know if you guys remember that. But uh, barely missing something can cause a lot of different emotions. Barely missing something can be a cause for joy, or it can be a cause for fear, or it can be very frustrating. People who maybe are in an accident and barely miss dying by that much, right, might be very joyful. Some of them also have uh, problems sleeping at night, dreaming about what might have happened if it was the pole or the accident was that much to the left or to the right. When there's 30 seconds left in a football game and they kick the ball, they kick the field goal and it just misses, just hits the uprights and bounces back out and the Packers lose by just a couple points, missed it by that much, that can be very frustrating. In our text this morning, Pilate missed it by that much, didn't he? The kingdom of God was right there. Jesus was right there proclaiming the truth to him. And Pilate simply dismisses it with the, with the derisive comment, what is truth? And moves on with his life. He missed it by that much. God doesn't want anyone to miss the kingdom of God. And so he, he calls us this morning, he calls us to open our ears to understand the true nature of that kingdom so that we don't miss it 
but that we rather rejoice in the salvation which he won for us and enter into the glory of, of God's kingdom. What is the kingdom of God? As soon as we start speaking about the, the kingdom of God, we immediately run into problems, into misunderstandings, because the very nature of the word kingdom, that, that English word, gives us the wrong impression, doesn't it? But it's not only the English word, even the Greek word, the Greek word is basilia, but even the Greek word, because of, of our human expectations, often misleads people, as it did Pilate in our text. Notice that when, Je that when Pilate asked Jesus that all-important question, are you the king of the Jews? Jesus doesn't answer. Three times Pilate has to, has to ask Jesus, are you the king? Are you a king then? Before Jesus finally gives him that straightforward, simple answer. That could be very frustrating. We've probably all dealt with that in our life. People who we, we are trying to ask them what we think is a simple question, and yet we get the runaround from them. Probably maybe our, our teenage kids, when we ask them, did you do your homework? And they keep... Uh, giving us answers of trying to avoid actually admitting that they haven't, right? That can be frustrating when, when somebody's not going to give us that straightforward answer. But Jesus, in our text this morning, Jesus isn't doing it to be frustrating, is he? He's trying to open Pilate's eyes. He knows that if he says, yes, I am a king, if he, if he talks about his kingdom, that Pilate is going to, and not only Pilate, but we also, are going to misunderstand him. And so he, he tries to explain first. He tries to open our eyes to, and Pilate's to the true nature of the kingdom before simply saying, yes, I am a king, so that we might understand and so we pray that God would give us understanding hearts so that we don't miss the kingdom, but return to God's kingdom with our whole hearts. True or false? The kingdom of God is heaven. False, right? We see right there that immediately we see a failure of the English word. Because the English word kingdom very much implies a place. In fact, the English word kingdom is pretty much synonymous with the word nation, except that the ruler is, is not a president, but a king. The, the, that English word kingdom immediately calls to our mind a, a place, a nation. And so when Jesus says, my kingdom is not of this world, it's very easy, easy to immediately jump to the conclusion, okay, his kingdom is not here, his kingdom must be up there, it must be of heaven. But God's kingdom is not a place. And Jesus makes that very clear and when he says, for this cause I was born. If the, if the nature of the kingdom were simply, well, the heaven, that's the kingdom of God, then why does Jesus say, for this cause I was born? Why does he need to be born on this earth to be a king? Why does he need to be born on this earth to rule? 
If heaven is the kingdom of God, then he's already a king. He's already ruling up there. Uh, that, that's done. It's, it's that simple. There's no cause for him to be born, at least as far as being a king. But he directly connects his birth to the kingdom, doesn't he? And so we see that God's kingdom is not a place. It's not a place on this earth. It's not heaven. It's something much more than that. True or false? When we pray, thy kingdom come, we are asking Jesus to come with his angel armies on the last day and destroy all evil. Well, you're probably catching on by now that most of these are going to be false until the last one. So maybe answer it pretty easily that way, but yes, it is, it is false. We're closer to the truth of God's kingdom with that statement, but we're, we're still wrong, missed it by that much, right? Because that statement at least acknowledges that the nature of the kingdom is God's power at work. And that's really the, what's at the heart of the, the Greek term basileia that's translated kingdom. It's the power of the king. The king comes with his armies. An earthly king, his power is his armies, right? So the king comes with his armies to rule and to make his will be done. And he, he reigns, he rules through that power. That's, that's at the heart of, of the Greek word for kingdom. And so when we understand that, it's easy to think, okay, Christ coming with his angel armies with that power and destroying all evil, that's Christ ruling, that's Christ reigning, that's Christ's kingdom. That's very much what Pilate, no doubt, would have thought of. That's what his idea of what a kingdom is, right? He was part of the Roman Empire. You get the armies to come and to make Rome's will be done. That's a kingdom. But Christ makes it very clear to us but this is exactly what he is speaking against when he says, my kingdom is not of this world. When he says, my kingdom is not of this world, he's not telling us that, you, that my kingdom can't be found on this world, that my kingdom is, is someplace else. We know that his kingdom can be found on this, earth, this world. Jesus himself tells us, the kingdom is among you. The kingdom is near. Now the kingdom is upon you, he says at one point. The kingdom is certainly found on this earth, but it is not of this earth. In other words, it is not a kingdom like the kingdoms of this world. It is not a kingdom based on the power of the kingdoms of this world. In other words, it is not a kingdom based on the power of the sword or on armies or force. Jesus makes that very clear in his, when he says to Pilate, if my kingdom were of this world, my servants would fight. So he's explaining, how do the kingdoms of this world work? They work by armies fighting. But my kingdom is not like that. It's not of this world. The power of God is not the power of force or armies, but the power of his word. Jesus explains that. He goes on to say, I came to bear witness to the truth. The kingdom of God is the power of God in action, but the power of God is not the force of arms, but the power of the preaching of his truth. When we make
make that mistake of thinking of the, of the kingdom of God as, as his power to destroy evil, we fall into exactly the mistake that the Jews made. That's how they thought of God's kingdom, right? The Messiah is going to come and destroy all enemies, and then we're going to get to, to reign with him. And because of that, they went to, to great lengths to make sure they were the righteous ones. Well, we don't want God destroying us. You notice in our text how careful they are to obey the law, right? We're not going to go into the praetorium because that would make us unclean. No, 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 Pilate. The law says you have to condemn him to death. We can't do that. You have to do that. They're very, very careful outwardly to observe that law hoping that when Christ comes that they'll be on his side and they'll get to participate in destroying all their enemies. But to them, the truth of God's word was a, a list of, of requirements that they had to do or, or not to do rather than allowing God's truth to, to rule in their hearts and to, to teach them about God's grace and his forgiveness. And this type of view of the kingdom is, is always going to lead to that legalistic and judgmental attitude. I'm good. I'm the good guy. They're the bad guys. That's exactly how the, the Jews thought of the world. We're on Christ's side. They're the evil guys. God is going to reward us for our good works. He's going to destroy them. If we think in these terms, we are going to end up being either proud of ourselves or else we're going to end up in despair, worrying, afraid of that judgment of God. But God's kingdom is not his judgment on sinners, but rather the proclamation of his grace, which teaches us the forgiveness of sins and therefore rules in our hearts. True or false? The kingdom of God is the church, that is, the people of God. Once again, false. We do have that hymn, and you can look it up if you want to see it. Uh, I love thy kingdom, Lord. It's hymn number 462 in our hymnal. And it's a very beautiful hymn. I love to sing it. I think you guys like singing it. It's pretty, pretty easy to sing. But unfortunately, it is also a very misleading hymn because it, it very much implies that the kingdom of God is the church. And it's even a little worse than that because if you're not careful, and, excuse me, if you're not careful when you're reading it, when you're singing it, you might even get the impression that the kingdom of God is the building, these four walls. If we understand it correctly, that it's, it's the that the kingdom of God, what the hymn is saying is the kingdom of God is the people of God, uh, the church in that sense. That's a little better, but it's still misleading. It's still wrong. I, by the way, have every intention of we're still singing that hymn. It's a beautiful hymn. We just need to make sure we understand correctly. A kingdom is the the kingdom is the rule of the king, using his power uh, to accomplish his will. And the power of God is not the people of God, whether you're talking about the angel armies of heaven or whether you're talking about the believers here on this earth. God doesn't accomplish his will. He doesn't, his kingdom doesn't come by the strength of, by the strength of his people, does it? But once again, 
rather by the, the preaching of his word, the preaching of his grace. As Jesus says, for this cause I was born to bear witness to the truth. This is essentially the way that Pilate thought that the, the power of, kingdom, of a kingdom was its people. And this is why he's so dismissive about Jesus' claims to, to truth. When we think in this, and when we think in these terms, when we think in terms of the kingdom of God as the people, we are once again going to be very disappointed and run into all kinds of, of problems. We're going to look to ourselves to build the kingdom of God in our abilities, or look to the pastor and his abilities. The kingdom of God is, is going to be built through through his intelligence or our intelligence or his his how good he is at preaching or how good he is at speaking, how good we are at loving one another. And if we, we trust in that, if we trust in our abilities, that that's a that's a recipe for failure. Eventually, our, our eyes are going to be open to realize that the people, the people of God, are sinners, are failures. And if we think that the people are what is the kingdom of God at that point, we're, we're probably going to leave. And say, there's no point in this. These people claim to be the people of God, but look at all the sinful, angry, hateful things they do. Look at how unforgiving they are. If we look to ourselves, if we look to the people and think of that as the kingdom, the kingdom of God is a, is a pretty poor thing without any real power at all. But the, the power of Christ's kingdom is not, it's not the people, but the preaching of his grace, the forgiveness of our sins that we hear every Sunday. True or false, the kingdom of God is the preaching of the gospel. Well, hopefully by this point you know to say true to that statement. In your catechisms, you may remember, you may have been taught, the kingdom of God is God's gracious rule in the hearts of his believers. And that's, that's very true. That's really no difference between that definition and what I just said. Because how does Christ rule in our hearts? He rules in our hearts through the preaching of the gospel. And that's what Jesus himself points out in our text. I came to bear witness true to the truth. The rule, the reign, the kingdom is the power of the king to make his will done. And what is the power of God? It is the gospel. As, as Paul reminds us, I am not ashamed of the gospel of God, for it is the power of God unto salvation. And what is the will of God? That we believe in him for forgiveness of sins and receive salvation. God's kingdom is that preaching of the gospel. How many times does Jesus tell us the kingdom of heaven is like? The kingdom of heaven is like a man sowing seed, right? The seed is the word of God. The man is Jesus. He's proclaiming that word, and that seed grows and produces fruits of faith. The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed, which grows and becomes a great thing. The kingdom of God is the preaching of that word, which is sown in our hearts and grows into this great thing. The kingdom of heaven is like a net, Jesus tells us, which is cast out and catches many fish. Jesus preaches that gospel and many hear it and come to believe. That net is cast out in many of every tribe and tongue and language and nation. Many people from all around the world are brought in to the kingdom. 
The kingdom of God is the preaching of his truth, which then rules in our hearts. Pilate was, was that close, but he missed it. He missed it by that much. Why? Because he doesn't believe that there is any such thing as truth. What is truth, he says, and dismisses Christ and walks away from the kingdom. Correctly understanding God's kingdom will lead us, by his grace, to treasure that preaching of the forgiveness of sins. And so when we sing, I love thy kingdom, Lord, what is it we love? Not this building, although we, we might love that too, but that proclamation that Jesus died for our sins, that proclamation that Jesus loves us despite the fact that we're hypocrites, that proclamation of God's grace. When we sing, I love thy kingdom, Lord, the thing we love is the truth of Jesus. When we reach for the kingdom, when we reach for the kingdom, we will not seek it in our power or in our works. We will not seek it in this place or in that place but we will seek that kingdom in that proclamation of forgiveness. When we work for the kingdom and dedicate our lives to the, to the work of God's kingdom as we pray almost every Sunday that the Lord would take us and use us for his kingdom, we're not going to use our time and talents as for military force, for politics, or for even for humanitarian aid, but for the preaching of the word. Now, let me be clear. I'm not saying we won't do those things. We will engage in politics as American citizens. We will uh, help others and do humanitarian aid out of, out of love for them. But we're not going to seek the kingdom in those means. We're not going to say, here is the church of God. But rather, we're going to seek the, the kingdom. We're going to seek the, the power of God in the gospel. God's kingdom is found in the preaching of the gospel. God's will is done when we hear of our sins and believe in Jesus Christ. Are you a king? Yes, says Jesus. For this reason I was born, and for this reason I came to die. So that through the power of the preaching of that word and the forgiveness of sins might be spread to all people, and through that word I might rule and reign in the hearts of believers. What is truth? Jesus is truth. That we are sinners and that he died for our sins. Amen.